Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 314, Pi, of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 120 and 121 today, and our focus is on how should we handle it when people gossip and lie about us, plus... Does the Lord protect us from all harm? Well, let me point you to our website so we can get started quickly. It's Bible2021.com. As I say often, every show episode has a blog page that serves as a written transcript. So check that out, Bible2021.com. We're going to cover two Psalms today. And since they are quite different from each other, let's go ahead and read each one and then discuss them separately. First Psalm 120, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, a song of ascents. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Lord, rescue me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What will he give you, and what will he do to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with burning charcoal. What misery that I have stayed in Meshach, that I have lived among the tents of Kedar. I have dwelt too long with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So first, you might have noticed that this psalm, and also the next one, are titled A Psalm of Ascents, A-S-C-E-N-T-S. Apparently, these two psalms, and the next few after them, were traditionally sung by the Jewish people when they traveled to Jerusalem, which was kind of uphill from most of Israel, for a feast or festival from the surrounding countryside. So I also thought that these psalms were sung as worshipers might have walked up in the steps to the temple in Jerusalem. Psalm 120 sees the psalmist in distress again, and he rightly calls on the Lord for help, and again, the Lord answers him. Does that sound familiar? Because all the psalms we've recorded we've covered so far, it happens over and over and over again. Well, what is the source of the distress this time? Verse 2 tells us quite clearly when the psalmist says, Lord, rescue me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. Lies are being spoken against the psalmist. Somebody is spreading deceitful things or gossip or some sort of rumors about him. Well, when I was a kid, I learned a nursery rhyme. I bet you've heard it before. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Now, I don't believe that there have been many more erroneous things taught to children. While I have broken several bones in my life, probably more than my fair share, uh, my ankle a few times, fingers, arms, hips, head, fibula, wrist, toe, and I think that's about it. I've never had a bone broken as the result of a stick or a stone, at least not that I remember. Conversely, I've been wounded many, many, many times from words, and I'll bet you have too. Well, let's listen to Charles Spurgeon's commentary on this verse, especially to his counsel on how to handle it when people are slandering us or gossiping about us or lying about us. Spurgeon says, Slander occasions distress of the most grievous kind. Those who have felt the edge of a cruel tongue know assuredly that it is sharper than a sword. False statements rouses our indignation by a sense of injustice, and yet we find ourselves helpless to fight with the evil or to act in our own defense. We can ward off the strokes of a sword, but we have no shield against a liar's tongue. We often do not know who was the father of the falsehood, nor where it was born, nor where it has gone, and nor how to follow it, nor how to stop its withering influence. We're perplexed, and we don't know which way to turn. 
Like the plague of flies in Egypt, it baffles opposition and few can stand up in front of it. Detraction touches us in the tenderest point, cuts to the quick and leaves a venom behind which is difficult to extract. In all ways, it is a sore distress to come under the power of slander, one of the foulest whelps of sin. Even in such distress, we need not hesitate to cry unto the Lord. Silence to man and prayer to God are the best cures for the evil of slander. I'm going to read that part a lick again, that last bit. Wisdom there that I need to heed more in my life. Silence to man and prayer to God are the best cures for the evil of slander. Wow. All right, Psalm 121. Let's read that next. Verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help from come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. Wow. Now that is a song that's worthy of being sung on the way to worship in Jerusalem or wherever. It begins with those two very familiar lines. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? And then the answer in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then the next few verses, we get to some promises that are wonderful, awesome, a blessing. But are they almost too good to be true? Think about it. Verse 3 says, He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Verse 5, The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter by your side. Verse 6, the sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. Verse 7, the Lord will protect you from all harm. Verse 8, the Lord will protect your coming and your going now and forever. So we are protected, says the psalmist, because the Lord is always paying attention. How often have we heard stories of kids being injured when their parent or watcher turns away for just a few seconds? God does not do this. He's always awake. He never blinks. He never sleeps. But that gets us to a pretty big question. What do these promises mean, like, practically speaking? Well, the fact is, the sun does strike us by day. I just got a sunburn a few weeks ago. I have slipped on a hike recently. My foot slipped on some gravel, and down I went. I wasn't injured or anything, but I definitely have fallen, probably a lot. I bet you have, too. I've been harmed before, and so have my kids and my wife. My wife, who has been recovering from very painful surgery for like the last three weeks and has struggled with pain literally every day. You know what? I'll bet you've had situations like that too. You've been harmed. So what does this promise mean for us? Is it so spiritual as to be meaningless? Well, of course, I do not believe so. Consider some of the other great promises we have in Scripture, like John 3.16, which says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Well, of course humans die. This is very clear in Scripture. Hebrews 9.27 tells us that every human will die once. Of course, humans will suffer. Jesus himself promises that in John 16.33. In this world, says he, you will have tribulation. 
So what does the promise of John 3.16 mean? Ultimately, it means that death for the Christian will not mean rotting away and perishing. It will mean transformation, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery, he says. We will not all fall asleep or die, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. And this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality. Then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. As writer and theologian A.W. Pink says, Jesus underwent the full horror that is death and in doing so transformed death so that for his followers it is no more than sleep. Well, are we going to suffer in this world? Yes, we are. Will we temporarily slip? Yes, we are. We will. Will messengers of Satan temporarily torment us? Yes, probably so. See 2 Corinthians 12. And yet, God will ultimately, permanently, and completely keep us and preserve us into eternity. Here's how Peter talks about God's keeping power in 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. Now notice those dual truths. God will keep you. God is guarding us. And yet, Peter says, for a short time, we will suffer grief in various trials. Those trials do not mean we are not being kept, guarded, and protected by the Lord. They are temporary. They are transient, says the word. So, will we go through temporary and transient troubles and harms and pain? Yes, we will. Will God keep and preserve us regardless of that? Yes, he will. Rest in that promise. Let's close today with our Bible memory verse for the month of November. It's John 14, verse 6, and it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.